Welcome to season 2 of Man United Way podcast. I'm your host Tanmoy and with me I have Amin, Arslan, Bhaskar and a very special guest Mayuk. Welcome to the show Mayuk. Hi Tanmoy. Hello everyone. So Mayuk has been a Man United fan for quite a long time and it would be interesting to hear what he has to say today. The new football season has begun and it's going to be a compact one this year and without pre-season united looks pretty rusty especially the last game was one on the edge but nevertheless i hope with more game time players will turn out into the groove and start churning the results that we saw after football returned in june so let's hear it from mayuk first what he has to say about our performance so far so when we finished the season third jan we never expected that right even finishing fourth was looking a far-fetched dream but when we finished third it seemed that yes we are able to get closer to building a team and you expected team to strengthen over the transfer business maybe we can talk about that later but then we started the new season very weak slow and as you said very rusty so if i just speak about the team selection that we made in the crystal palace game starting with i think uh, having fosu mensa and dan james in the right wing probably they wouldn't even make the bench for crystal palace to be quite honest so that itself was a very big choice now yes obviously the manager would have seen the other options maybe they were not ready due to fitness or some other reason and that's why probably he made the decision of selecting those two players but having said that it is always advisable or it, you always want to field your best team at least in the first half even if you think your best players are not 100% fit or they won't be able to play the 90 minutes you would like to kill the game in the first half itself and then you can obviously make the substitutions and give them the rest but that has been a little bit disappointing from the team selection point of view definitely in the first game it was disappointing yeah from team selection point of view i completely agree with you fosu mensa and dan james were quite a shocking start like selection to start off with but i thought mctominay as a cdm that was also a pretty poor decision on ulis part and also lindelof who's been consistently making errors in the back So yeah from the selection point of view i think quite a lot of errors but uh, that was the first game but thankfully like in the next game like uh, we've picked matic and matic is back fit and last game we saw itself that when he's then in the cdm position it's pretty decent and but one cause of concern was i think the selection of paul pogba i think we all knew like with him recovering from corona and having i think just 3 4 days training before the game how fit he would be clearly he wasn't fit enough then and he wasn't fit enough yesterday like for the brighton game also so yeah like i think some poor team selection choices but beginning of the season uh, and i think again we are getting team selection and footing and all i think it's still under uh, like a lot of consideration but let's see let's hope for the best 
I mean, what was, you know, especially, you know, uh, surprising for me was that in the press conference uh, before the game, Ole said that Bai is fit and uh, he is very happy that Bai is back to match fitness now and he is really looking forward, uh, you know, for him to step up this season and then he just selects Lindelof you know, for the starting eleven. So, I mean, that's quite surprising. I mean, we all were expecting Bai to start the Brighton game because the first game didn't go so well for Lindelof and uh, Bai was really good, you know, against Luton. So, uh, we thought that probably Bai would be given a start in the Brighton game, but that didn't happen. So, that was also a bit surprising for me. Yeah, especially after the Lindelof errors because you must have seen the meme going around where basically the last five goals conceded in like in the Sevilla game and in the first game, were all due to individual errors of Victor Lindelof. And after such a poor performance, again, when he was selected for the Brighton game, it was pretty shocking. And especially after he talked up Bai so much in the press conference, as you said. Yeah, exactly. I think Bai still needs to prove that he can consistently play in every four days' time. I mean, going by his uh, injury record, it's very unlikely. I mean, had he been, you know, uh, introduced in the Brighton game and he got injured once again, you would have gone for Ole's head once again, saying that you tried to get him so early, knowing his uh, injury record. And then you see what has happened, right? So it's like uh, both ways you're trying to get him out. I mean, see, Lindelof and Maguire both had a very good run last season. And defense is one area where you it's very easy to criticize because you let one chance go and it's a goal. For forwards, they can, you know, try and get multiple chances and they convert out of it. But for defense, it's very easy to put them into the into the wire. I think the midfield was also very slow. Amin might remember that uh, we, had, we were going for the first uh, game for Crystal Palace. The way everyone was going forward, I was telling him that we are looking very vulnerable at the back because... Lindelof and Maguire both are slow and Zaha and uh, their winger was also pretty fast. So it had to happen. I mean, it's just the first game. I think they will come good later on in the season for sure. Yeah, but in terms just of... lack of pre-season is having its effect. The reason why probably, like you said, he did not start because what if he gets injured and in the big matches he's not available? Yeah. Then, then people are going to come with the same criticism that you're starting Lindelof and Maguire who are slow, who don't really, you know, cover up for the other one when he makes a mistake. So it is just, you know, in the beginning making the mistakes what we would make in a preseason, and then recovering as in going on getting better with time. Agree. But I it is a risk. Uh, but I somehow don't buy this argument of uh, Bai getting injured and all because last season also when Bai was fit, like he wasn't given an opportunity. Lindelof was always preferred over him. And, but that uh, this time, time we were also, going through that good uh, run, and, right? And, and 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 once again, like I'd like to just emphasize that Bai doesn't get injured like with fatigue or something like that. He gets injured because he dives into challenges and tackles and all, which a good centre-back should be doing, which is exactly what Lindelof doesn't do. Like, he just somehow, I don't know if he's scared of going into tackles or interceptions or what, but he, like, he doesn't throw his body in, into the line. Like, even yesterday's striking game, if you see, where like a shot was there and Bai literally dived and put his body in the way. Now you don't right. see now you don't see Lindelof doing that, so it's I think it's easy for us to keep say, expecting that 
like fine he just because he has a injury record like i understand like uh, he's a pretty injury prone player but then again like when he's fit also he pretty much sits on the bench it's not like he gets to start and even and in terms and in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the midweek game carabao cup game which he played like he was in the team of the week because like he had the best defensive stats for a center back in that whole game week after that and, and after are, the and if you are talking about field keeping him safe for the big game see if you are playing a league at the end of the day you are going to get 3 points nothing more than that right so even if you are playing against city or if you are playing against aston villa at the end of the day you can maximum get 3 points out of it so i don't think we can prioritize that way we have to choose the best team that for that day but you expect lindelof to take care of these small teams right it's not like he is not a good defender probably it's just that because he's paired with maguire both are slow they cannot cover if one misses the other is also out of place so that is where the problem is that is true so that is true. of course the matches give you three points but they're different the probability of winning and losing is different in every match but lindelof's so, only yeah. problem is not just the slowness see he is also not good with the headers he does not win any headers and at times he used to be good on one on ones but now in this season or even the last season last few games if you have noticed he has the performance have been depreciating with one on one defending as well so his performance overall in all the areas has not been very convincing altogether i think that's true i mean see we might see by coming into the team uh, very soon if lindelof continues to play or underperform i would say like this we might see by coming in for sure but something that we have to understand is the way we are playing and it's too early to comment also but since last season of that southampton game we have been over reliant on penalties for sure and the way we attack in the overall tactics of the game the way we attack our attack is very narrow and people normally don't get into the box if you see greenwood he's not a good crosser van bissaka is not a great crosser neither is luke shaw or brandon williams and then rashford marshall all are trying to make their way by cutting in so when the defense is supposed to be stretched out we end up seeing the defense being you know getting compacted by all the players who are playing i think that is something people should look into in, as far as tactics goes isn't it absolutely yeah, I, think, yeah, I, i think the problem here is that we never you know make use of the wide areas of the pitch because you know we don't have the players for that or we don't play in that kind of a formation look at luke shop look at uh, aaron van bissaka both of them just you know run towards the touchline and then from there they just you know cut passes into the center i mean they don't neither of them actually is good in with crosses and we don't really see a lot of attacking or you know potent threat from those areas so see the thing is we have a certain type of players right and 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 we have to uh, understand what kind of formation uh, we are going to play and it's not just the formation what kind of gameplay uh, the entire team is going to have when we are playing we play as individual players i mean who have a moment of individual brilliance and that results in us you know scoring sometimes we don't really play as a cohesive unit where people know where other players are going to be and how they're supposed to play 
the system that you know liverpool plays in or you know any any pick any successful team right now uh, everyone have you know has a very dis- distinct uh, system it lacks in our team we don't really see that and and the first three games of the season has have, have shown that there are two things that i think we should probably address one is the match fitness the players don't look sharp enough uh, secondly they don't really uh, they are not really playing as a cohesive unit at the moment yes i mean uh, definitely there is a question that comes in point of tactics and also i would like to mention here the substitutions that uh, ole makes sometimes audacious i'll say i've seen him when we are losing a game he is substituting and putting in igalo at 90th minute you cannot expect someone to turn a game around in a one minute or two minute injury time unless you have that specific game plan of putting in long balls or something which i don't think they ever plan for right so and even yesterday if we see that when greenwood was taken off and bai was put in we cannot we as you said adil rightly said that we don't have we cannot identify united with a particular playing style and they also are not able to adapt to the situation at the same time like yesterday when they shifted to a three defense you can say or a five man defense that also didn't work and that's due to lack of planning or practice i don't know but if you have to put in an extra defender to defend a lead against brighton then that shows how much faith the manager has got on his players i mean the amount yeah. of time they got that shot from the left hand side is not funny anymore i mean how many times did we see tosard or march take a shot from that left hand side he, they were completely unmarked it's like yeah. united was saying like it's in shaolin soccer the goalkeeper is giving rolling the ball and telling okay now try and score a goal against us and they were unfortunately hitting the woodwork but if everything was going you know into the target we might have been down by six goals or so yeah but i think this has got to do a lot with gameplay and tactics as you guys were mentioning because like you know when it's just lazy football because like in the starting of the game within the first 5 minutes 10 minutes if you are not pressing the opponent if you are just jogging around on the pitch that has got nothing to do with fatigue or match fitness or and all that because all this fatigue match fitness match sharpness all this can come in after say like you have played the first half or like you know 50 55 minutes into the game but starting the game like when you are like 5 10 minutes into the game if you are not running in the game you are jogging you are lazily you're not tracking back and all that is just simply lazy football and uh, i guess lack of match awareness about what each player's role is supposed to be we see that uh, nobody is pressing the opponents bruno once in a while or uh, greenwood once in a while will go and uh, chase down a ball but that that is completely useless because unless the whole team does it together the uh, opponent is just going to pass the ball and uh, the game is going to continue so end of the day i think we need to try and understand that there's a lot of shortcomings happening of us as a team and the whole team needs to like be a more cohesive unit and attack and defend together as of now like as amin said it is bunch of individuals like we are losing also because we are not defending together as a unit like there's a lot of individual errors happening which is leading to goals and even when we score goals it's either from an individual brilliance or from a penalty 
a lot of the players are not really looking fit as well i mean rashford has not been the same since he has come back from his injury although he scored in the last two goals but he hasn't been as sharp you know ever since the season started if you look at bruno uh, he uh, you know actually got his the three points with his composure in the dying minutes of the game against brighton but still he wasn't at his best in that game as well pogba was horrible uh, aaron van bissaka does not look fit uh, ladelof is making a lot of mistakes he neither looks fit nor does he look at the right state of mind so it's not just the lack of preseason or just fitness i think when you are putting out a team i mean you have to look at the fitness of the players as well and and, and decide you know who can actually go and execute today so i have no idea why pogba started the last two games that he did because he has just recovered from covid and clearly like it shows that he is not ready to start football games at the moment so i mean i think a couple of things ole could have done differently which could have resulted you know in a much better improvement from us as well Yeah I'm glad you brought up the Bruno topic because Bruno also as we can see that clearly he's not on the top of his game and that match sharpness hasn't come because it's the start of the season but then again when you look at him like you know that he's giving 100% effort because he's like he playing as the number 10 he's tracking back into the box as well as making runs and like yeah like it's the beginning of the season so he's missed hitting a lot of passes and accuracy and those through balls are not happening but but that that is like you know excusable because like it is just the beginning of the season as we were discussing but what is just not acceptable is the kind of performances paul pogba is putting up like i understand he's uh, had covid but when we look at the brighton game like he failed to create a single chance a shot or make a tackle make a single interception and the whole game like he had the worst passing accuracy of all the man united players and that as a central midfielder that is like one of the worst stats you can have and like you can like we all could see and we were just complaining about how he was simply jogging around in the field and what is even more frustrating to see is that all of us watching the game like we can see that pogba is having a bad game he's not fit he's jogging around but the manager is waiting till the 65th minute or 70th minute to substitute him i don't understand like what he is waiting for because everybody can see that like you know he needs to be substituted there's vanderbeek mctominay fred on the bench fred came on and completely changed the game he brought in so much of energy into the midfield once he came on but i understand like pogba might not be fit but then again there's a manager sitting on the bench over there like just for that reason so that to analyze the game and to make the necessary changes to improve the game yeah i mean pogba has been inconsistent from the restart actually basically from the restart and yeah once after the covid once he returned probably he should have been given some more time of rest assessed properly then got back into the picture because even when he is fully fit we have seen his inconsistency is always there on his days he can take on any team but even when he is fully fit if he is not in that zone he will be looking very terrible so see one thing that i would like to add here is that i am still not sure that we are using pogba properly in our team i mean ole did that when he first came in uh, he started playing uh, pogba in a free uh, moving uh, position like bruno and and that's where he can have better impact i mean we have we have seen this in the last 4 years 
that he is not good defensively that is not his strength he has physicality and he tries to use it to hold off other players uh, during a press but he is not the kind of player who is going to like move the ball away from those players and then make spaces uh, for himself he is not that kind of a player defensively he is poor he has a tendency of losing balls in dangerous areas but we still play him in a double pivot with a second the defensive with, with the second with with a cdm who is at times not that good like if he's playing with you know fred or mctominay then he also has you know defensive responsibilities on himself i mean if if matic is playing behind pogba and bruno then we can you know play an inverted triangle or something but if uh, scott mctominay or fred is playing alongside pogba then pogba cannot move further forward because he has that defensive responsibility because they are not good defensively as well they are not a pure strike team as well so the system that we are playing is not something that utilizes him effectively i mean we are just relying on him to ping long balls across the field balls uh, to rashford and marshall and off late we have seen that they have not been able to make such runs as well because rashford is not in form or fit whatever but um, they have not been able to do that they i mean it's difficult to find people in those kind of spaces to actually make those passes as well and then we say that pogba is ineffective and he is hardly doing anything i think you are over no, analyzing this you know this is just two games into the season and of course everyone knows that pogba is recovering from covid and no, you know so uh, the reason why i point this out tanmoy is yeah, because, the, is because it's not just about the last two games i mean the the criticism that has been uh, you know leveled against pogba has been that ever since the restart he has not been good enough i mean barring a couple of games he has just been very silent this is what i keep hearing from a lot of united fans i mean fans. see uh, since restart united has always played the top 11 which is matic starting with pogba so that's, that's true but the, apart from three games after restart he's never had a good game he's been on the declines after three games see the issue yes. with pogba consistently if you see one thing is that there's no issue with losing a ball people will be pre- pressing you you can lose a ball that's absolutely fine but that determination to chase and get the ball back you don't find that in him to be quite honest right because when you are playing in premier league or whatever teams we had in the past if you lose a ball you go and get it back right you don't right. see that thirst in him he is right. one of the best midfielders in the world there is no doubt about that but that is it does not matter who you are even if you are a striker and if you are losing a ball under if it's an unforced error you go and get the ball back at least give it a try and more a lot of times due to this mistake or due to this lo- uh, lack of urge from him team has considered goal i agree with you on that that is definitely true i mean if you are losing a ball it is your responsibility to get it back or at least track back i mean that has been the case with any any football player that has played for the club but the thing is pogba costs us points because he does that in dangerous areas if he was like losing balls uh, you know further forward the pitch then it wouldn't have been that dangerous that is also a thing i mean yes he does that he has a tendency of doing that and and he needs to fix it but that's i mean we cannot say that his strength is playing in the attack we want him to play as a cdm and then we are asking him to do this we are justified in doing that to be honest at the same time we should need to understand that that is not his strength i mean see 
Pogba uh, doesn't really need to play in a CDM role. I mean, the number eight position where Pogba plays but is a floating is. role, right? No, yes, no, but he let's is. Let's understand. Okay. What okay. I'm saying is, when we play, I mean, when, when we I watch mean, games you're together, correct. when we watch you're games correct. together, we keep no, no, saying this, I mean, that he does not take those shots anymore. He does not really get into the box anymore. Why is that? Because because we know that if he does that, then we don't have any midfielder holding back. Bruno already is a like floating midfielder who is already like trying to you know get into open spaces and then like create something from from those areas. Pogba doesn't do that. He rarely tries to uh, you know take a shot. He rarely tries to get into the. I mean, uh, see, there is a reason, and that's why I said this before. Because when United attacks, the box is very compact. It's not stressed out because right. you see all all the players are trying. They know that it's they're not going to be a wing play out there, so they are not really going into the edges, and that's where United needs to work on. Because if the uh, defender is not stressed out, then where is the space for him to take a shot? No, and no, but that I thing. think he gets that's... a lot of opportunities, but these days he doesn't take a shot. Like he rather. makes a pass or something but end of the day like i agree like he's not being played in the right position because would you play him he, instead of bruno or would you play bruno as a number 8 if bruno I, and pogba would, needs to I, play how would you right. play them i would push pogba much further up the pitch because uh, clearly he's been given instructions that he's not moving up ahead like if you see the brighton games heat map I'm pretty sure you'll find that Nemanja Matic was playing sometimes much more the opposition half more than what Pogba was. You I mean, always find Pogba the the deepest. I mean, he is right. the one collecting the ball from the defenders. He is the one who is supposed to like take the ball away from the defenders. Uh, you know, during a high press, he should be playing further forward. I mean, that everyone knows this that his best performance has been from you know forward positions. The problem is we do not have a very competent CDM. We have Matic, but if 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 we had a very competent CDM who could really you know hold the ball and we could rely upon him all that. And then I think Papa and Bruno, both of them, will have some greater freedom to roam around and like create chances and things like that. We are that not doing that. Yeah, because if we get a proper CDM in the team, then that will definitely bring out the best. Nothing less than that. I'm pretty sure about that. that or or else, or or else, you can play him in a three-man midfield. Where I mean, you know, the three-man midfield right. used to play. Yeah, even thriving in, in the left-hand side position in the midfield. Exactly. He's he, right now. The last few games, he has been playing on the right side, and you know the state of the right wing in our team—a non-existent right wing we have. So that also you know, comes comes into. I mean, are we getting <laughs> well, Sancho or not? Tell this, me that. <laughs> this transfer window is not looking promising. No. Are so, you sure? I mean, what no, do you have I to think, say, Mayuk? Yeah. So basically, I've been following a channel. So last night, I heard something that. Sancho to United is inevitable. It is happening, and it along with Telus. So there is a one twenty million. Who told you that, please? So Because I don't know if you guys follow Mark Goldrich from United okay. Stand. So well, you should talk to Basker about that. Basker, do you follow Mark Goldrich? <laughs> I don't exactly follow. I was just walking the. I was uh, just going through the channel uh, broadcast yesterday night. so basically 
through other sources obviously he got to know that the transfer is inevitable uh, in next few days still until he is holding up the shirt we don't know right so that sancho and telles is something that is going to happen okay so that is the news and maybe if smalling is going the other way to roma that will also give us some fund to maybe get in a center back but i don't see that happening no center back i don't see happening for sure because that's why teden mengi has been promoted and i would right. see, i would be seeing teden more of teden mengi this season for sure no sancho the latest transfer talk basically is that united are preparing 90 million bid which is 75 right. plus 5 million add ons and the talk is that like because of this covid and like every team is making losses uh, dortmund reported they made some uh, 35 million loss or something like that so with that expectation people are expecting uh, sky sports and all have also reported that this 90 billion bid is going in this week and everybody is hoping and expecting that this will get accepted but i am a little doubtful because they want it's an ego team. thing right now between dortmund and man united isn't it i mean whoever you know I, somebody I but 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 if, if but i doubt dortmund will take the same amount of money what was paid for havertz by chelsea like clearly he's a much superior and better player so i don't think like we'll get him for the same amount see if you are if you are uh, dortmund you should go ahead and take it the reason i'll tell you because the other teams probably capable if no one gets sancho this season if someone is going for sancho next season maybe madrid i don't see barcelona going for him and maybe bayern munich i don't think city or chelsea will again go ahead and spend so the number of teams who are capable of spending that much of money is less in the market right now Madrid is going for Mbappe. I don't think Sancho is there. Yeah, like Bayern, Bayern they won't buy because Bayern they just bought Sane and they have Nabri. Plus they have Kingsley Coman on the bench. So I don't think yeah. they'll spend uh, break the bank for Sancho and then put one of those on the bench. PSG, PSG can. Yeah, yeah PSG I mean, can Mbappe buy him for. Then, yeah. yeah, he's the most uh, suitable replacement for Mbappe. I don't think Sancho will go to PSG. I think at least he will have some say in it in the transfer. I yeah but i don't think if we don't get sancho in this window in the next 9 days or so i don't see him coming to us next year or next season or any other window because end of the day if you have agreed personal terms and everything and then you don't even put in a bid or you go in with a bid which is like 30 million less than the valuation i think no player will also want to sit and then again wait for another window because let's fix it because if sancho is not coming how sure we that we'll get champions league football next season i am not sure if sancho is not coming because the yeah, kind of be very very difficult yeah very difficult because apart from a first I level we, we have a have good a, team come on i i don't think champions league football is going to be a difficult no, i i i i, 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 I doubt i i highly doubt it because first of all we have a good team on paper yes we don't play like a good team it's not just the last two games just the uh, we cannot we cannot games. just say we cannot just say that it was just match fitness pre fitness and things like that i mean ever since the lockdown we have not always been playing really awesome football ever since the southampton we've, we've played five good games yeah and Not just about and after us. that, uh, no, since Southampton, is, it has been pretty pathetic performance all through. Like secondly, I don't remember. Like apart from the Sevilla game semi-final, which we lost, 
like performance wise we've like just put out one pathetic performance after the other since this, the southampton game this year the league is going to be more competitive compared to the exactly. one because, because you know teams like everton and uh, leeds have been promoted and everton and wolves and tottenham wolves. have have like strengthened big time so i don't think it's going they're going there are going to be many easy games and the easy games that we have we are winning them on in um, you know on the 100th minute by a penalty so i don't think it's going to be easy for us at all if we don't but it was awesome isn't it, it i mean was, winning it does the one as a united fan you have to be excited yeah, about it no yeah. no i'm i but, was excited that we won the game although we didn't deserve to but, but like uh, it was a great I mean, win yeah i mean we just got away it was, with it, it. it was very it, it's a great win, win. we all celebrated it but now like we should also introspect and see so that this again doesn't happen because what happened in the first game again like it was a carbon copy in the second game also so, so we really need to i mean yeah at- that makes sense that makes sense but next week once again we play brighton in the afl cup and then we play spurs so things are now going to get little serious for all of us and we have already seen in today's press conference i mean post match interview with jose shots are being fired against ole and his comments on the goal post because yeah. yes we saw how many <laughs> shots were hit on the post so yeah i for all is looking forward to it i mean we have a good record against spurs and uh, you know it's going to be an interesting one but i think most important one is against brighton the kind of performance that we have put in with our best 11 the selection in the efl would be very tricky i mean we can argue that by should come in but apart from that what else change would you make because i think pogba should not start <laughs> definitely pogba, of course He yeah i mean start. van de beek is going to start for sure i mean right. but but who do you playing in the wing once again right is it lingard, lingard and mata yeah, once lingard again? lingard he played pretty well lingard every yeah. season if you notice like uh, beginning of the season he does pretty decently and pretty well because one thing you can't complain about lingard is his fitness level and his athleticism so right now when most players aren't at their physical peak he is very fit and i think he is one of the fittest in our team so if you saw the luton game he had a really good game like it's so obvious lingard would be the obvious pick and then i guess james or somebody would have to be played i i would prefer that we start our strongest 11 again i think rashford martial and with spurs should, in should, four should, days i don't should, think should start I mean, see, if you're serious about the cup, which we keep saying that we are, we want to win any silverware and and things like that, then we then we have to try to learn to put games to bed as soon as we can, and then like rest the players. We don't do that. We start with players who are not fitting the system or who don't also. play that much, and then like we drag the game to 89th minute and things like that. You cannot change the entire squad, right? Seven out of these players would still start. against Tottenham even if you have started Lingard and and Pereira and James or someone like that what i what i really I want is that like i would prefer if we started a weaker team and even if we be if that means that we get knockout of Carabao Cup yeah, i think that i'll take that we have you yeah even i take that because Champions i think we also this season yeah i think we have to be very particular because the depth is not there that's for sure and we don't know where if at all Sancho and Telles is coming like I'm three cheers to Mayuk if he comes in, but <laughs> if if they're not coming, then we have to. We cannot go for four competitions anymore. We have to prioritize, and we exactly. have to stick to the right targets, realistic one. Because 
at the end of the season if you go and lose all the semifinals and then you know just end up being third how how did you progress anymore and this you have to be very realistic playing the europa league also so there's yeah. no other option to or other way to qualify for champions league we are playing the champions league i don't know how we will fare in that but yeah we have to set up our, our priorities properly and we have to be realistic in what we want and what we can achieve just one thing that i wanted to ask all of you and it's been on in my mind for quite some time that egalo is going to you know leave in jan so just in case we are not going for sancho don't you think we need to get an outright striker just to make sure that marshall gets some kind of competition out there or are we seeing greenwood taking over marshall we definitely need a striker because greenwood is going to be playing in the first 11 even if he doesn't play in the first leg he would be coming on in the game and the right playing, playing on the right wing or he can come on and play as the striker so that would mean that in cup games and all like we would have to play like lingard or somebody as a striker which would again be a disastrous thing so we definitely need to get a backup striker attention cover is available as a free agent but <laughs> yeah but i think like we are targeting the january transfer window or something for that uh, again i don't know because igalo is that is january so i don't think like we are like because right now in this window we have so many deals to do ins and outs i don't think we are capable enough to do so many deals. i don't think united is even considering a striker at this point of time right. even in yeah. january because i don't think anyone would be anyone good enough would be available in january even if available i don't think they will if they he is playing champions league or in a good position in their league i don't think that player will move so it is hard to get a good striker in the january transfer window and if for sure they were not targeting any striker in this window so i don't think till next window we are getting any more strikers when is haland's uh, sell on clause gets activated it's 2021 right 2021 uh, summer the basically the next summer window okay, okay. and he is going to real madrid by the way yeah, yes that's like the target you know we want to launch so you saying that haland and mbappe going together i don't think real has that much money for sure yeah, yeah. we have we, we made 100 million this this summer without a single penny spent so of course we have a lot of money right and that also like mbappe if he's not going to renew his contract i heard that apparently will be available for 100 or something like that yes and if just for uh, one year yes yeah because he has, he just has one year remaining on his contract and regarding haland he has a 70 75 million uh, buyout clause so like if within 170 80 million you get haland and mbappe like what else can you want in life i don't even see there is another player kamavinga which we're going to sign next year like so two two absolutely confirm mbappe and kamavinga so those two are coming Look for that this got the money this year we are sitting in the, the summer and he's planning about next summer signings because with the new stadium coming in because we're not signing anybody this summer no so we just get letting people go and we'll be selling our modric also probably next summer so there'll be some money coming in for him also and if tottenham take bill Well, yes. Well, as long as we're not paying his wages and much, so it's okay. If they agree on that, also it's okay. Because Mbappe's wages will be high, even though if he comes for hundred million, his wages will yeah, be he, high. Yeah, he he already earns five six hundred thousand a week. So really? I'm sure if he's good, uh-huh. yeah, 
so if i'm sure yeah. if he's going like be earning even higher i i only wonder how much is messi going to get paid weekly you know because he's going to go for free next summer so he can ask for any amount cuz he's probably the most expensive player transfer which was possible and he's going to go for free and he could ask for any wage and city will probably pay him also cuz guardiola needs that champions league and so the city I just wanted to ask one thing say if sancho is not coming in right so we have been hearing that united has been looking for alternative who do you think obviously we won't get a like for like player ismail sar who do you think can be what for player ismail sar okay who else we'll get only these b grade players like ismail sar and david brooks and all these kind of things i am so fearing that in the last day we'll get Josh David King Brooks. or Brooks or some Josh like, King. I am hearing a lot about that uh, guy. So Norwegian also, so they might just get him. I am not getting dragged into this conversation because hundred percent Sancho is coming. <laughs> there, so, there, like, so that makes two out of uh, you know five of us who thinks that Sancho is hundred percent coming. Well, it's 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 been very very painful to actually follow this in the in this transfer see, window. See, Neil, Woodward will pay one fifty also if needed, but he will pay. It's been longer than the Infinity Saga. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been crazy. I mean, it's 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 smaller than Bruno Fernandez Saga. Bruno, we signed in the next transfer window. Come on. <laughs> no, but Sancho also. We were we started looking into Sancho from previous uh, summer. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Sancho last season we were supposed to buy, but uh, because we didn't have Champions League, he didn't come last season. And right. this season we were supposed to buy him because it was said only that we were fighting for UCL because uh, one was the money and second was Sancho. Because if uh, right. we weren't getting UCL, there was no talk of Sancho coming at all. It's as if you complete uh, qualifying for UCL next day, Sancho arrives in the club. That's how it seemed like everything was done and dusted. Yeah, because last season well, we were to play Champions League. Yeah, because so last he'll be season there on day one of Champions League. We didn't play UCL. Uh, we didn't get UCL that time. Like we were sold the story that Sancho isn't coming because of no Champions League. Well, let's be hopeful. And with that note, that Sancho and Telus is coming. Uh, thanks to Mayu and of course Arslan, who has been a very staunch believer that Sancho would land up. We let's hope that next time we speak, Sancho has already signed for United, and we are ecstatic about the lineup once again. Thank you once again, Mayuk, for joining in. It's been a real pleasure talking to you Likewise. about the views. And thank you all four of you. Uh, wonderful having Thanks together with the Thanks, season. Guys. Have thank a nice all. day.